Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind Podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, the ethical dilemmas of AI. We talk about the moral and ethical implications of using generative AI, how Levi's is using digital models to achieve quote-unquote diversity and the subsequent backlash, how biased is AI. We look at how AI is reproducing social norms and what does AI itself think about responsible AI. We'll get into all of this. My name is Konrad Olsson, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleagues Roland Philipp Kretschmar and Erik Sedin. How are you guys? Perfectly fine. I don't know anymore what I think, what I do. I always ask ChatGPT what they think. <laughs> is, is that what you're doing all day? You have a new new job as a consultant, so you have to fill fill the hours. Uh, so you're sitting there with with ChatGPT, generating yes. your presentations. Yes, and and billing, lots. <laughs> but will we get lost? It's a philosophical question. But will we get lost uh, when it comes to our own opinions? When we always always have now to ask someone. I mean, like an algorithm. What happens to gut feeling? No. No, no is my gut feeling. That's why I exist, because because of my human opinion, my human take on things. Mm-hmm. Good. Let's see. Well, all right, let's get into it. There's a lot happening around AI, and we can't stop talking about it. This, this is the fifth or sixth episode, I don't know, uh, recently. But there's so much happening, and uh, one of the things... Uh, one of the news that came out this week was that Levi's announced that they're using AI-generated models to, quote-unquote, increase diversity uh, among its, uh, I think, e-commerce photos. So last week, Levi's announced it would partner with La La Land AI, an AI-powered digital fashion studio that creates lifelike fashion models. And according to the press release, and this is where I think it got very unfortunate for Levi's, uh, the initiative hopes to increase the number and diversity of Levi's models in a sustainable way. Uh, <laughs> so this announcement obviously was met with a lot of backlash, uh, including from uh, models of color who are already kind of underrepresented. And the um, the uh, opinion back to Levi's is, of course, why don't you just hire models instead instead of AI uh, <laughs> generating them? What do you guys think of this? Because it costs money to hire them. Yeah, I think so. The thing is, it's it's easy to say it's just a cop out, and hey, it's it's cheaper. But I, I can't believe that they were so stupid to you know write a press release saying this is a sustainable way for us to get more you know diversity. That's the crazy part. And I read some of the comments in that Instagram reel that you sent us. We'll post it in the show notes. People were like, "Oh, these white-owned businesses will literally do anything <laughs> besides hiring a, a POC model or person or behind or in front of the camera." I think this is incredibly stupid. They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot here. But like you said, then Roland, of course, it's about you know, it's easier, it saves time, effort, money. But <laughs> don't go out and paint yourself like this good company trying to diversity when it's or it is just like an honest mistake Uh, i mean if we look last year when we only talked about metaverse on the show i mean we saw Mm. so many shitty examples of metaverse uh you know events uh and and people doing a lot of mistakes maybe it's just a mistake here as well that they you know they want they were so eager to kind of jump on the ai bandwagon that they they didn't really analyze this uh well enough before kind of put it pulling the trigger 
I think you're probably right. And you know, they, their, their explanation is, is, of course, that this is a way of complementing their uh, usual human models. They will continue using human models. They underscore that they are already using uh, diverse uh, models. And I think it's probably someone writing a press release. That is, that is my uh, sense, at least, that this was just uh, a very unfortunate way of framing something and someone thought they could kind of earn some diversity points out of this new technology. So what has happened since? I mean, um, this was like a couple of days ago, a week ago. I mean, internet forgets fast, right? I actually think this will blow over, but I, I, I do think it's an interesting question broadly if we're going into an era now and a lot of people talking about we this is a paradigm shift for how brands communicate, how brands navigate a new, um, you know, a new era where there's another a completely new interface uh, for getting access to information. Um, so what happens when brands, you know, a, a lot of the output from brands become generated by AI versus these sort of enormous productions. Because I think for brands, it's been historically, you know, the first kind of wave of diversity inclusion discussion has been about restructuring very advanced uh, uh, practical uh, productions. And uh, we've talked about on this podcast before, um, there was a report out by Swedish Fashion Council kind of underscoring, even though, uh, you know, diversity in models are changing, maybe not, it's not changing that much on, you know, behind the scenes in terms of uh, stylists and makeup artists and executives and people working in, in the industry. But now we're moving into a direction where even the sort of artificially created content also becomes a topic of, uh, you know, diversity. That's really interesting. I actually wonder, as soon as you sent this story to us, I, uh, I, I thought to myself, hey, why not go like, like a proper journalist and do an experiment of my own? Spend some time on my favorite AI image generator, Wombo by Dream, mm. which is great. I use it for, for people that watch our reels when you get thrown in some uncanny valley, some crazy, scary pictures on the sides of us speaking. It's all made on there, which is so much fun to create. And I'm becoming pretty good with prompts but anyway so like you said i guess the fashion industry has had a problem with not only um showing too too little uh, poc color in front of the camera but also behind the camera the people in the in the in the company you know the mm. directors and the ceos and stuff so i asked them uh, this uh, this ai i asked the dream i just thought gave it the same prompt 10 times to see what kind of result i got and i asked it Give me, uh, show me a picture of a CEO laughing at a Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. uh, and then I pressed uh, and I pressed generate, press generate, press generate ten times. So, what do you guys think when I just put that in? What do you think uh, popped up? Well, I guess since you're talking about it, I guess it's going to be a white <laughs> white male. That would be the bias <laughs> in a suit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. You're basically spot on. Um, Middle aged. I don't know. I tried to Google where exactly middle-aged, I can say like this. It was all 10 out of 10 were middle-aged men wow. um, <laughs> in a suit, laughing, holding an egg toddy. Uh, it was pretty funny pictures. I'll put them on there later. But what I thought was interesting was when I then asked it to, I changed uh, the uh, the company. I, I said, show me a CEO of a fashion brand, a, C, a, C, mm. a fashion CEO at a Christmas mm. party, Christmas dinner. 
Um, I got eight out of ten were women. All of a sudden, um, yeah, it's a bias the other way around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's I, I'm you know I'm I don't know. I tried really hard to figure out where Wombo gets this, these images from. If it's stock images, you know, if it's uh, shutter Shutterstock or some, I don't know where it gets the images from, but. That was interesting, and then I changed it to a tech CEO, and I and then I got ten out of ten <laughs> male CEOs. Did they have T-shirts? No, they were also wearing suits. Uh, Ooh, seems to be okay. a very proper. Seems to be a very formal <laughs> Christmas event. <laughs> At least if you ask this one. But I thought it was interesting because um, I know Roland, you asked an AI like, how do you make responsible uh, and ethical AIs from these things? And when asking an, an one of the biggest AIs out there. You know, just show me a CEO mm. and 10 out of 10 for tech CEOs that's, are men. Yeah, that's just and 8 crazy. out of 10 are. Of yeah. course, that will change stuff if you use AI in your company. Um, if you use AI to, uh, I know we've been talking about issue four. Uh, Conrad, you had a great uh, cover story with you with Helen Mark who wants to use AI for companies. A company can un- unload their whole company into an AI and that can help them to understand the company better. Mm. If most companies are, or at least uh, according to most AIs, if most companies are driven by male men, middle-aged men, how does that affect what the AI then spits out, like this, like this image AI did? Well, that's the problem with hi- historical data. I'm actually surprised it was that it was hundred percent men, you know, hundred percent of the times. And uh, I actually, I don't think eighty percent of fashion CEOs are women either. So it's kind of biased <laughs> in a weird way on the other way around. Mm. Um, but I should also add. I should also add that uh, just out of the thirty pictures that I got out, only one of them was uh, was a white person. Um, I don't know what that says, but they were all they looked like Southeast Asian or East mm-hmm. Eastern Asian. So, like I said, I don't know where Wombo gets these um, these images from, mm. where they create these images from. But mm. that was one thing that I thought was interesting, because like you guys said, the first thing you said was oh, a middle aged white guy, and only one out of thirty pictures included that. So. I don't know what uh-huh. that means. Could be could be only this uh, this tool, but we actually have a story up right now on Scandinavian Mind. Uh, our colleague Yu One has interviewed Erica Johnson, is a gender and so- uh, professor of gender and society at Lean Sherping University. So mm. they have a project right now where they're looking at this specific thing, and she says among other things that so these this data are not necessarily going to be reproducing the social diversity that they're supposed to be representing, mm. and some of the data will be represent reproducing biases in the original data that can have significant consequences as the synthetic data are used for commercial and policy decisions. So, yeah. you know, wh- when this is reproduced and, you know, t- you know, historical data becomes new synthetic data, which we will then base other, uh, you know, other content or, or queries from in the future. It's a kind of a dystopic way of looking at things. So something needs to happen. Well, thanks for sharing yeah. this, Eric. I'm... I'm um... <laughs> I'm I'm uh, <laughs> speechless, which is kind of not useful in a podcast, but <laughs> it's really depressing, you know. Oh God! Nobody was your so many, LinkedIn, yeah. that viral, semi-viral LinkedIn post that got me thinking about this. Well, uh, I don't know about the virality of it. Th- two, three people <laughs> kind of liking it, but uh... <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that got me thinking. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, maybe you can talk about that for people that have missed. Yes, of course. So. We or I basically um, 
as I said initially, like I'm asking uh, different kind of chat uh, tools or generative AI uh, <clears throat> services, different questions every day on different topics, so usually to kind of stress test ideas and, 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 and um, kind of as a creative sparring partner. And mm. this whole idea around regulation uh, has has been kind of uh, you know it's 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 quite frequent in media at the moment. Then of course the, there's a lot of discussion on should uh, generative AI and similar services be regulated or not, uh, and how can we ensure some some kind of responsible development? Also connected, I think, to this kind of whole bias uh, discussion that we just had, mm. Mm. and. Um, well, I mean, maybe uh, I should have asked my friend Linda Leopold, who is head of responsible AI at H&M, and I, I interviewed her uh, a couple of issues back for Scandinavian Mind. But in the let's nature... get her on the pod. We'll, yeah. we'll reach out. Yeah, but in in the nature of um, using chat, I, I asked the chat GPT four. Basically, uh, I decided to use the four version and not the three point five version. Um, so this was the question I put in. How can we ensure that the use of generative AI and similar services are for the benefit of humanity and not a threat to our jobs or lives? Mm. Um, and the answer is a bit too long to kind of <clears throat> quote in full here in the podcast. But, um, I mean, basically, to summarize, it said that, you know, the developers must adhere to ethical guidelines and principles in designing and implementing AI systems and this is then also including kind of considerations on how it can impact jobs, privacy and security. And, you know, we, we need to understand the, the limitation biases and potential consequences of using these AI applications mm. that actually governments and regulatory bodies should establish clear rules and guidelines to ensure that we have responsible development and deployment. Mm. Um, and especially if this, for example, can have impact uh, or uh, like negative consequences for, for example, uh, the job market. But it also kind of touched on the whole research part that, you know, we need to have transparency in sharing best practice data, transparency and, you know, promote generally within the, the, the kind of also academic community and the AI community responsible development. It uh, also kind of talked about how um, governments and, and, and uh, you know, organizations in society should invest in educating and training um, both, I mean, uh, people uh, programming, but like the general population. So we become, uh, let's say, more savvy at using and understanding these different tools because there is honestly a huge gap between the general population and, and us in this podcast, but there's also a huge gap between us in this podcast and those that are sitting programming these platforms. Mm. So there's a huge knowledge gap that we, we, we cannot really close, honestly. And then it, it kind of uh, also touched upon AI for social good. So how can we use these different applications to address societal challenges like healthcare, education, climate change, and not only to do fun podcasts and, you know, silly experiments, uh, but really to change society. So I, I think, you know, all in all, it was kind of... Um, you agree with the ChatGPT on, yeah, on its own it analysis. Kind of, yeah, I think it was quite... <laughs> <laughs> was uh, unusually good <laughs> because I'm honestly um, I think it's you know 
it's fun to use, but it's it's like unless you're programming or building stuff, you know, just for kind of sparring ide- sparring ideas and and bouncing ideas, it's it's not like super accurate yet. But I think this kind of concluded like the general challenges in this area. Mm. I don't know, guys, what you what you feel about it, but listening to kind of. I think it's really interesting how it's kind of self-aware or whatever that means, if it can be. <laughs> Someone has taught him thought it that. But uh, from this little experiment that I did, which of course is not a good enough experience to draw any big conclusions of. But like you said, uh, how can you just in general teach people, kids, you, you talked about it the other week, about uh, your kids being preteens, uh, mm. 10 years old, something like that. Uh, might even learn this in school or might even learn this on their own completely unregulated on their in their bedroom you know at night they should learn they should learn somewhere you know they should learn somewhere how hey let's take a, this with a, with not on a pinch of salt like take this with a whole bucket of salt and let's learn to to realize where this is coming from you know mm. when i was in school the, <laughs> the official curriculum was like source criticism and you know checking fake news because they would mm. tell you in uh, mm-hmm. in social yeah. science class like, like wikipedia hey, and stuff now. like that right yeah of course yeah. man because yeah. we had to when we wrote our little essays and when we did our test that was one thing that we had to know you know in order to graduate later so with AI, who knows when this will be applied to schools? But it's really interesting that AI itself... It's, it's already happening. It's already happening. From but this is my problem with the current education system. I'm not going to rant. Uh, yes, a little bit. It, it, can I swear? It's <laughs> fucking crazy that we're still in an education system built 150 years ago. It's crazy. Seriously. I mean, mm. we're forcing people to sit in benches for 10 years you know, listening to a lot of monologues and, and, and it's, I mean, it has become much more interactive than when I was in school, but still, you know, it's, it's, it's like such a, there's such a gap between the education system, especially primary education and society, right? Uh, and even universities, like when you get out on the job market, well, hey, you know, reality is totally different from what you learned from the past like 10 or 15 years. And I'm surprised also how much hostility there has been from the education system towards AI instead of just trying to embrace how this actually can catapult humanity into yeah. the stratosphere, basically, you know. Well, I think <sighs> the the worst examples are where when you just they just uh, forbid it completely. Instead yeah. of leaning into it, trying to understand it, trying to teach students how to use this in the future, because it's obviously here to stay. Uh, I think no matter what Elon Musk wants, uh, there was a story out that they wanted to put pause on on AI. <laughs> uh, but but you know, it's 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 here to stay. It's going to be part of our industries in many different ways. So yeah, yeah, definitely, I think you should lean into it. Can we do an education special? Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. I want to come back to uh, just to to round off the show with you know something that brands need to think about, and maybe specifically fashion brands. This has come up in a couple of ways the last week for me. One is a person I talked to that is looking at developing um, different customer service tools uh, in the fashion industry uh, using ChatGPT, and there are ways you can you know you can sort of uh, Train the AI or give them a sort of sort of a source data on you. You can train the AI, for instance, of the complete stock of your specific shop, and then you can have it recommend 
uh, your your customers or your the visitors or your e-commerce recommend different types of product depending on what they write in, right? Uh, mm. There's also a wonderful uh, Instagram account I just want to uh, recommend, Justin Feinberg. He's really into everything new when it comes out in, in terms of ChatGPT, all the new plugins for Chrome. He's mm. he's uh, he's on it. He's uh, testing them out. But he has a re- had a really interesting post about um, what he calls LLMS. Mm. So instead of uh, ser- SEO, search mm. engine optimization, uh, we have to now look at LLMO. Sorry, yeah. LLMO is like large language models op- optimization. So yes. if mm. we see, you know, in the future, and and uh, to your point, uh, Eric, you will hello Mike in the new issue of Scandinavian Mind that's out in a few weeks. He talks about we're going to have new interfaces to deal with data. Uh, we're not going to have Google with 10 blue links. We're not going to open a, a traditional email window looking at rows and rows of information. We're just going to have have a little search box where we just enter in a query. I mm. need to buy a new pair of swim pants, which I think is the example that Justin Feinberg uses. Um, oh, I thought the, it was the, Eric's example. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do actually. I'm going to Bali in June. I need some new. Oh, let's there. let's. Well, you can look at this uh, look at this video then. <laughs> uh, but what a bit of a rant and 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 a runway here to 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 say that you know brands need to be visible in the results of these large language models. And Conrad, if you're not. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I a very close friend of mine. He he works in the media industry, media sales, advertising industry, mm. and he was calling me, uh, not panicking, but like I I don't understand what I should do now because like my whole <laughs> business is around SEM, and yes. and there's no point for me to to do anything in the SEM area if everyone is using these different chat tools or services to search for you know whatever. Um, so I I think actually if we're gonna deep dive on something. That is really the topic, L-L-M-O. L-L-M-O, Large Language Models <laughs> yes. Optimization. Yes. And it's the first time Justin Feinberg is the only one I've seen use that term. I'm sure it's coming. Have you seen it? I've tried to Google it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it this, this past week. And it's it's kind of interesting how fast this development goes. Um, I mean, literally last week, there were thousands I mean, new uh, AI services launched last week. Mm. I mean, and and thousand is not an exact number, but you know, it's such a fast development. Um, I don't even know how we're gonna keep track of this, but. Um, well, one of the recommendations that Justin had uh, was, if you are launching a brand, or if you have a hotel, or if you have any type of service it's going to be more important than ever to differentiate yourself and mm. be kind of top in your field uh, and maybe top in your field in a very specific uh, um, uh, niche uh, because that's the one that's going to pop up if people ask these questions. It's not going to be five blue sponsored links that, like we have on Google mm, right now. Finally. It's going to be, it's going to be yeah. <laughs> but maybe it'll be two or three or, or four but recommendations. Who on these it, links? I mean, unless by mistake. <laughs> I've always wondered. Well, <laughs> who's like, mm, I'm going to explore this link. <laughs> See what happens on the other side. <laughs> well, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, so someone's obviously clicking. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, is it by mistake or? <laughs> oh, Okay. So, I mean, I, at least from my, my perspective, I kind of, 
round it off in my own head for today's conversation. I, I think one of the most amazing benefits of all these different services and tools is that it actually forces you to self-reflect in a way I have never experienced in my whole life. Hmm. Not only my career, but generally. It kind of, it, it's this amazing tool to really like try out like new ideas you know mental experiments and you can build stuff and prototype and it's kind of but it's also like constantly um a vehicle for self-reflection because actually what you it it, it's it's all about knowledge here right um so i think in, in essence if we can find a way to regulate this without too much regulation if we can find a way to um eliminate biases and create responsible development. I think this is fantastic. All right, I think we'll leave it there. Let's end on a positive note and look forward to the the big episode, the big positive episode about AI. Um, <laughs> this has been the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conor Olsson, Erik Sedin, and Roland Philip Kretschmar. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter not to miss out on any contents, events, invites, perhaps an invite to our upcoming release of Scandinavian Mind issue four. Keep a lookout for that. And guys, until next time, goodbye. Bye. Take care.